just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today Live. Now listen, I have four children. They're all out of school now. They all went to public schools. Uh, I went primarily to public school, finished up at a private Christian school uh, uh, in high school. But what's going on in our nation as well as Canada uh, is concerning in our schools. And, And I think it's the in my view, and the reading I've done, it's sort of the culmination of decades of incremental losses when it comes to classical education. But there is a bit of a revolution going on. Uh, and I, I really, we don't talk about, you know, education and what's going on with our kids a whole lot uh, on this program, but I think it's important. And I want you to know some of the options that are available whether you have kids or grandkids or maybe you feel called to a role in educating children in uh, a a Christian way, perhaps, or just in a classical uh, education, uh, you know, what we would call liberal arts, free arts. So I have an interesting guest today. His name is Chuck Wolf. He's the founder and CEO of an organization called Faith Academics, and they they are doing a lot. You're going to find out. And so, appreciate you being a part of the show today. Uh, please leave a comment if you haven't liked, followed, subscribed, or shared. Those are all great things, too. People need to know that they have options. So, we're going to talk about them. Chuck, welcome to Life Today Live. I appreciate you being here today. Hi, Randy. Well, thank you for having me on the show. I'm glad Just, to be here with you. Uh, before we get into the education side of things, uh, I'd love for people to hear a little bit of your background because I read your bio and you've, you've got quite an interesting background. So give us a little resume if you don't mind. Sure, Randy. So I I actually grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania called Grove City. Um, A lot of people know that because of the college that's there, a strong Christian college. Went to school at the University of Missouri and actually was a teacher when I got out of school. Um, Became a believer actually through Young Life while I was in high school. And I worked at a Young Life camp in between um, high school and college out in British Columbia called Malibu. And that was the first time God really kind of put a calling on my heart. And I thought I was going to go work in the area of education, maybe at a Christian college. And so um, I decided though to get an education degree and I graduated and actually taught middle school. But then for reasons that It's still, I don't fully understand today, but I accept as being what God wanted at the time was he directed me to law school. And so I actually spent 15 years as an attorney, as a corporate attorney working for uh, large law firms, a couple of large companies, was general counsel for a national manufacturing company. And then in the early 2000s, God redirected my steps back into education but in a non-traditional sense. And so I went to work for a proprietary university system, helping develop and expand a paralegal program, and then became president or director of two of their campuses in the Kansas City region. And then in 2008, I had an opportunity to join an organization 
that was creating an online high school in Kansas that would serve students across the state. And um, that is what kind of got me into the online educational world. And it's where I spent the previous 14 years um, working for a company called K-12, now known as Stride, uh, to create a school. I was then head of school for a statewide program in Colorado. And, and then I spent 14 years as a vice president of school development, creating new online programs across the country. And it was really during that time that God gave me a, a deep appreciation and love for the online learning model in understanding how it really helped those families and students that needed or desired that. And I always thought, you know, this model is so personalized and individual focused that it would be tremendous in a Christian environment. Mm. Like yourself, Randy, I, I'm a public student, a public school graduate, but we did have one child that went to a Christian school and one child that went to a public school. And so I really understand the need for approaching education around the best interests of the child and how they learn and what environment is really going to help them kind of grow up in, in the and, and be best prepared for the life that God has for them. Um, and so I always had this seed planted deep in me that it would be a tremendous thing to take an online model and create a Christian version of that. Hmm. And then the pandemic hit and God kind of said, this is the time. Yeah. And so that's when uh, faith academics came to life. So what, what happened with the pandemic? Did you guys just explode? You know, they, they did. And, and I think what happened, Randy, with education, it's kind of what I say that, that parents went through this phase of engagement, enragement, and empowerment, right? I think education had become sort of a passive activity of most families in this country, right? I think they assumed their kids went off to school and, and they were being taught and learned you know, the basics, the foundations that you talked about, the foundational learning blocks of, of education. And when the pandemic hit, they had to all of a sudden become engaged in their child's learning, right? All the kids were sent home and yeah. they had to coordinate schedules and they had to make sure that they were on their quote Zoom um, uh, classes. And and so it forced parents to take a, a fresh look at what was actually happening mm -hmm. in the school environment it's like they had a chance to look through a window for the first time into their school and 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 they were horrified mm. by what they saw, right? They saw a system that was designed to promote the status quo and it was really more about the adults. It, it really focused on the lowest common denominator and was not about exceptionalism and, and, and pursuing academic excellence. It was wrapped up in this constant um, injection of, of social issues and, and ideology that wasn't in alignment with parents' values. And, and for the first time, they had to stop and say, what is going on? I don't like this. Yeah. What are my options? What can we do about this? And, it, and, and the good thing about this from our perspective is before the pandemic, Randy, people didn't know that online learning was really an option. Right. What what they experienced may not have been very good, 
but the concept or the model worked well for their child. They were maybe less stressed and more focused and more efficient and productive. And parents actually could have um, a partnership with their children in the learning experience. Um, so the awareness increased greatly around online learning. And so that opened up, I think, a whole opportunity to present something new to parents in this learning model, but to do it in a way that was more in aligned with their values and what they truly wanted out of education. Yeah, well, you, you're being nice in the way you describe the public schools. Uh, and I'm, I'm gonna ask you uh, about the online experience itself, because not everything we've heard is positive, but let's face it, in the public schools, much of it is anti-Christian and frankly, anti-American. Uh, and we're getting a lot of political agendas shoved down their throats, a lot of you know, teaching about gender and sexuality that is either inappropriate, unbiblical, outright perverse. Uh, you know, I mean, I, 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 I would be, I'd probably be pulling my kids out of, out, of, out of public school at this point if they were still there because you're, you're basically, you know, you're, you're, you're maybe taking your kids to church for, uh, you know, couple of hours on the weekend encouraging them maybe to go to a youth group and, and then doing your best in the evenings at home but the bulk of the development of your child you're turning over to people that are completely antithetical right. to your beliefs and that is a recipe for failure and disaster um so uh, you, you you were very diplomatic in your describing of the public schools <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a little harsher <laughs> Yeah, no, but I think you're right, Randy. When I grew up, there was there was harmony between the, the the schools, the churches, the community at whole, right? Everyone felt like they were working together kind of for the same um, common purpose and cause. Um, their values over overlapped and intersected in many places. And now that's not happening. There is division that's happening and um, it's it's tragic. And that's why our, our approach to, to education says, Academics are critical, right? Kids need to learn the foundational basics. And, and we believe they need to learn those from a Christian worldview with biblical truth integrated into that academic um, piece. But equally important in that is the development of Christian character mm -hmm. and an understanding of what their purpose is um, and how and why God made them to, to really serve this world in which we live. And so that educational experience to me, it's got to be holistic. It's got to be in totality with what God um, expects us to be as his children and in living out the lives that he's prepared for us. And um, a lot of parents are struggling now because they can't find that, that whole valued approach by combining public education with what they might have at home or through their church or their youth group. And, mm -hmm. and so I do think you're going to see this increased surge in enrollment in Christian education and oh. values-based learning. Yeah, I know. I was looking at some numbers recently, and, and that is already happening, and, and I hope that that continues. And, you know, as, as far as the public schools, I mean, I didn't expect the public school to teach me New Testament you know, or something like that. Uh, in fact, they taught Darwin, which still baffles me that we teach Darwinism in schools. He's the father of racism, but that's an aside. Um, and then even in the, in the private Christian school that I went to, 
they taught some theological views that I don't agree with now. I mean, but those would be secondary issues. So it's not a matter of, of, of this narrow, I as a parent have to agree with everything. Like a lot of it is, you know, in, when my kids were in school, they would do all sorts of things to try to get the parents to come to a PTA meeting. We would have, you know, we would have the, the little choir thing where our kids are in elementary that would happen. But first the PTA meeting, because it was like they were trying to get parents, please get involved. Yes. Now they don't want parents involved because parents have seen what's going on in some of these school districts. And it's just it's just bizarre. It's a, really been a bizarre transformation in, in the last. seems like the last five years have accelerated. But anyway, I'm. I'm on the uh, sort of the curriculum, what are you guys particularly offering? I mean, are you, do you get into some advanced levels and specialization of courses? Because that's one thing that's good about a lot of public schools. They offer some pretty narrow, yeah. much college-level so courses. Yeah, so we, we do a couple of things that I think are unique. So one, I I, I worked for Stride for 14 years, and, and they're the leading – provider of online learning in the United States. And, and they have spent, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars developing their platforms, their systems, their approaches. And they really understand what it takes for a student to be effective in the online learning world. And so I, I wanted to continue to partner with them to help the, you know, use their infrastructure and even using some of their basic core courses because they've been designed around through effective online learning, and they were developed with a concept of core knowledge, which is actually almost a classical approach. It's foundational in its nature, right? So, so we take their courses, which are designed for online learning, but of course we bring in Christian teachers hmm. who then can take this, 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 this curriculum, which is not Christian by a Christian design, but it is modular, and that allows us to pull content out and put content in. And so we can actually adapt it okay. to a Christian worldview and bring biblical truth into it. So I like that from an online perspective because we have a product that was designed truly for online learning. Our teachers come in. We do live instruction with our students, so there's a lot of of instructional interaction between the student and the teachers. And so that's how we handle the, the core academics. But then we've developed a unique program called Servant Learner, which is where we focus on the character development and the life preparation. Mm -hmm. And our character piece is through an assessment tool called Faith Walk. And um, what we love about this, Randy, is that even starting in third grades, Kids will take this assessment, and it is based on the concept of character, not personality. So most assessment tools, whether it be like Predictive Index or Myers-Briggs, those are personality typed in their design. Right. This is a tool that's designed around Christian character. And then our curriculum is designed around that. Hmm. And so we think it's it's critically important for kids to understand who they are made in the image of God, who they are from a from an emotional being, from a social being, from a, a community responsibility standpoint, and, and begin to develop awareness around that and then develop that and then help them manage that and grow that over the course of their time with faith prep. And then when they get into the middle school and high school years, 
We then began focusing on career from a standpoint of calling and what are their gifts and talents and what has God made them to be and do. And, and so we want to make sure that as they develop their, their solid academics, they get a strong sense of who they are and how they're to behave and live from a character standpoint that we can best position them for whatever their next step is in after high school. And there's a couple of uh, things that we do. One is called Faith Collegiate, and it's an early college program. And so we're actually working with a group um, where we're going to integrate some college courses into our curriculum. So every faith prep high school student will have a minimum of five college courses included in their in their program. So they'll have 15 college credits, but then they'll also be able to take additional college courses for under $200 a month or $200 a course. So, um, you know, most colleges offer, you know, courses at four to $500 a credit and, and these will be $200 or less for the course. And then we also offer something called faith pathways where kids can actually take courses in career-focused areas, and maybe they want to get um, a certification in cybersecurity programming, mm, wow. or they want to get a medical certification because God's calling them into healthcare. Yeah. And that's a way for them to actually get into a vocational track early in life to either maybe help pay for college or to just go straight into the work. So we think that combination of character development with career life preparation is a really good combination. Sure, sure. Okay, speaking of experience, I know not all of these, uh, we did some junior college, not all of them necessarily port to all universities. Would these be considered accredited, or how does does that work? Yeah, I'm, I'm building a portfolio of Christian colleges under this platform, and uh, they're all regionally accredited. Um, so it's groups like Oklahoma Christian University yeah. and um, Southeastern University in Florida, and we're talking with some others. Um, and so, yeah, that's critically important that our college partners are, are accredited institutions. So these courses will, will transfer to those degree programs. Right, w- would it transfer to uh, a state school like a Texas A&M? In it place? should, <laughs> it should because they're most of these they're all accredited by the same regional same, accrediting okay. agencies that accredit those okay. Okay. those others other universities. Yeah, people are going to want to know that because you spend money on a college course if it doesn't help you, <laughs> you feel like right uh, been there. Uh, okay, let's let's take some of the criticisms of online education because we've certainly heard, heard those with with the pandemic. Um, one of them being uh, the isolation of students. Yeah. What, what's your take on that? Well, I think there's a couple of things that um, families choose to have their their children um, do online learning for multiple reasons, many of them very personal to either the lifestyle or needs of the student or the family dynamics. Um, and but a lot of families, especially Christian families, those children are already engaged in a lot of, of activities It may be youth group. It may be um, athletics mm-hmm. um, or other sort of uh, performing arts or training or whatever. So most of those students get their association and community interaction in a lot of places. I mean, the homeschool community learned this early on, right? Mm-hmm. Those 
those kids are, are part of co-ops or they're involved in church or they're doing things like that. But the other thing I would say is that within the online learning platform, at least how we do it, kids actually interact with each other um, more openly and more freely. Um, a lot of the barriers that sometimes exist within a traditional physical environment aren't present in an online world. And so there's actually an opportunity for students to connect with each other and connect with their teachers um, more directly. We, we just, I just, we just had chapel for our week. We had that on Wednesday for both our middle school and high school. And then we do our elementary kids together um, in separate chapels. But it was, it was so fun um, seeing these kids be willing to share, be willing to share prayer requests, hmm. be willing to read scripture and interact, get to know each other. Um, so the online platform is, is not a place where um, you're pushed into anonymity or isolation. It actually um, can be a place where you come together and have more genuine connection and interaction with both students and teachers. Interesting. What about the um, measuring uh, of progress? Are, are there standardized tests or how do you? Yeah, do you I mean, we we actually embrace, you know, there are some very well-known um, assessment um, benchmarks out there. We, we happen to use STAR 360. A lot of schools use NWEA as a benchmark tool, right? Mm -hmm. um, you want to know when your students are coming in, how well are they learning? And um, at the end of the year, you want to make sure that you've had academic growth. Um, like I said, our courses have a lot of instruction and assessment built into it already. So there's an ongoing assessment process um, with the course itself. Um, and, and so we use a combination of those two things. And then obviously our teachers get to know their students very well mm. and um, can, can see the intangibles of education and learning yeah. in how their students are progressing. Even around things with online learning, there's a lot of data. So you can, you can tell how well are they engaging? How are they progressing? How, how quickly are they adapting? And what's, what's tremendous about online, Randy, is that we can do live instruction on Monday as a large group, but Wednesday, maybe a teacher will pull a smaller group of those students together into a, a specialized learning class because they know that group is struggling with a particular math issue, right? Yeah. And um, so the online data can direct your guided instruction and really allow your, your, your teachers to focus in on where they need to um, at the individual level. So what's the, what's the student teacher ratio range? You know, in, in our world, in the elementary grades, it's 50 students to one. Um, which is very manageable for an online teacher because you're not dealing with the physical yeah. space management issues right. of all the kids. Right. And then in high school and junior high goes up to one to 175 and in high school 200. Um, and then understand that there are some students in that mix who aren't going to need as much teacher interaction. Right. And there are going to be some students that need a little bit more um, connection and interaction with the teacher. Yeah. But again, not everybody's, you go into a brick and mortar setting with 34 kids, the teacher is almost treating everybody the same. And it's very hard to get personalized with that group altogether. 
Yeah, in a lot of cases, the teacher is doing a lot of babysitting. You know, you're on you're online, and a kid's talking too much, you just mute them. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> all right. I want to show people your website. This is faithprep.com. Yeah. Faithprep.com. There it is. You can find out more if you're interested in this. You want to know more details. All of that is right there. Um, and I, you know, I, I just. I encourage people to to find out, and maybe it's this course, maybe it's another one, uh, but there's there's there are alternatives, very doable alternatives out there right now. I want to ask you about results because you have been around long enough that you've graduated a lot of students. Uh, what are the success rates as far as career, college? Um, how are, well, you know, how are you co- yeah, coming out. And so Faith Prep is a newer program. Okay. So we're just getting started this year. But oh, Stride's okay. been around for 20 years. And and, and those programs um, have proven to be very successful for the students um, that, that go into those and embrace it. You know, they graduate, they go on to um, colleges all over the country into leadership roles. In fact, a lot of people think that the online student is actually more well prepared for today's college environment because they've embraced the 21st century skills um, that are going to be utilized um, within the work environment in terms of collaboration and team building and and the use of technology and, and problem solving and things like that. Um, but what I will say too, Randy, is just that what's exciting to me about this is that this is not only a program that's impacting kids here in the U.S. and, and Faith Prep Academy, as an example, is a is a program that it can can accept kids from around the world. But we are actually using our platform to help educate kids in developing countries around the world. We launched Faith Prep Asia this summer, and we have almost 750 kids in Myanmar who are in four different Christian schools who are using our platform to to learn using their teachers in a blended environment. And this is during a time of a military coup where schools have been closed. And yet by these Christian schools, by adapting and, and utilizing an infrastructure that is built here, they can advance education in a way that they never could have in the past. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I, that's why I'm excited. You know, our, our, our mission statement is to help kids pursue academic excellence, develop Christian character and discover their gifts, talents, and purpose to follow God's calling in life. And our mission statement is to impact the world for good through generation of Christ minded servant learners and that's even starting today. That so the students that in, that are part of Faith Prep here in the U.S. are actually impacting students across the world in developing countries by helping create the platform that's going to allow them to learn. So it's a, it's an incredible opportunity to see what God can do um, through this um, this network that He's establishing. A couple of quick questions. Uh, how I've heard from other homeschool, uh, you know, people that are advocates and involved in it, that it actually takes less time out of the day than like going to a public school. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. Because now we expect, you know, our students on general, especially in high school, are going to work four to six hours a day on their schoolwork. It is real school. But again, the instruction is built into the course. So there is an added homework 
on top of what they would do yeah. normally in the classroom time. And you've taken away the distractions of what happens before class and after class. Mm-hmm. And so that time is more condensed and um, effective for the students. So I absolutely agree with that. So they can go four to six hours a day of studying, and then they're free to do social right. things, sports, church, thing, whatever. Right. And, and and to be honest, with online, time becomes a variable. So if somebody has something that's happening on a Tuesday in life, and they want to work hard on Monday or Wednesday, you know, the, the web is open 24-7. Yeah. So they have access to their school all the time. And their parents actually have access to everything that they're learning too. So together they can more effectively manage their learning process throughout the week. Yeah, yeah, I can totally see that. What about cost? How does it compare to a private school or, I mean, because public school. Yeah, we've tried to be be sensitive to this. So we, um, our K through five is 6250. Um, and high school goes up to 7250 as a private online school. It's, per semester. it's priced a little less than what the national average would be for a private Christian school. Yeah. Um, and, and we hope that as it expands, that there may be ways for scholarships. Like my wife and I are committed in this initiative to work, like, for example, with the National Christian Foundation to start the, the Faith Scholar Fund to create scholarships right. um, that will be available to, to students of need. But there are a lot of states that are actually um, adopting um, laws to provide for scholarships for kids to attend private schools. And that's a way for some of this cost to actually be subsidized as well. Yeah. Are, the, are those per semester costs you quoted? No, that's an annual. That's an annual cost. Really? Yeah, it's an annual cost. It can be paid over 10 months, and um, there's a $200 enrollment fee every year. But we've tried to keep it manageable for families um, to to make it within, you know, their needs. And and obviously, when we decided to send a child to private school, that's a a big decision. And, you know, there is a cost associated with that, but it's also an investment, right? Yeah. And, um, and you have to look at all those different um, variables that, that factor into the equation of what is best long-term for your child in the life that um, lays in front of them. Yeah. Uh, are, let me ask you this. Are you getting any resistance from NEA, uh, local uh, government officials? Because you're in California, right? Well, no, well, I'm based in Tampa, Florida, and and Faith Prep Academy serves kids all over the country. And then we actually then do partner with Christian schools in certain states to have state programs. Okay. So we have Faith Prep Florida, Faith Prep California, Indiana. No, we're not getting any pushback. Most of the pushback is around the use of, quote, public funds for private education. But the Supreme Court in the last several years has has kind of cleared the deck for that. And that's why I think you're going to see more and more states adopting that. Now, what we're seeing, Randy, is I'm seeing, I'm seeing public school teachers who are, who have tremendously loved the, the profession that God has called them struggling to, to exist yeah. within that environment. Um, so. And I'm getting resumes every week from yeah. teachers 
who want to come work for for me because they they can't live out their faith. They're being asked to do things and teach things that just are incongruent with their faith, and um, and that's where the pressure is building. It's not going to be directly at us. It's going to be at the Christian teachers who are part of the public system. All right, last question for you because this is this is exciting. Uh, and, you know, if someone is, wishes they can get their kid into this, uh, but they think that, that they may not have the funds to do it, I, I, would, I would suggest that you may, may talk to some people because there are a lot of people, I think, willing to, to help build this kind of thing as an alternative. I mean, if somebody, do you guys accept donations or scholarship funds if someone wanted to give? Um, yeah, we would have a, a way of doing that. We're, we're working on, on setting up a, a, like I said, a um, scholarship fund with the National Christian Foundation, yeah. a donor advised fund that people could, could get to, and then also a 501c3 that, that we're working with. And, and I, I think, Randy, there, there are churches that maybe say, hey, we would love to start a, a school, but you know, I would suggest look at just being a micro school that's part of a larger yeah. network. You yeah. don't then have all of the costs associated yeah. with that. And that potentially creates a way to lower the cost to those families as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I have no doubt that there are a lot of people in churches that if the, the church didn't have a full school, but they were doing the online thing and then maybe they had, you know, group activities for the kids, social activities and things like that that there are other people in the church that would gladly scholarship a kid to rescue them from the, their public yeah. schools in some and, areas. And, so. yeah, and, we, and we are actually working on a model that will be able to offer our courses part-time as well. So maybe somebody just wanted two or three courses with a teacher, yeah. or maybe they wanted our courses without the teacher, or they wanted our, our faith walk character course, right, yeah. as yeah. an example. So, so we will be expanding our model to – um, accommodate the broad spectrum of the educational market because that's where it's going. I think, you know, just like we curate our, our entertainment, like I've got five different, probably five different okay. faith apps that I use as part of my daily devotional quiet time routine. Yeah. And I, I get my entertainment from different sources. Education is going to be the same thing. People are going to be able to pull from these different platforms and programs to curate what is the best educational experience for their child. Yeah, uh, I got my U version. I got my Pure Flix. I get it. Uh, last, this was actually my last question. I just hadn't gotten to it yet. What does a parent do or grandparent do that wants to pursue this? Just go to the website? Yeah, they can just go to faithprep.com. You can see the different schools that we have. If you're in Florida, Indiana, or California, there's a unique program just for that state. Um, but it's the exact same program. So faith prep across the country is the same. It's just that we've structured it for some of the different states for unique purposes. So they can just go and learn about the program and they can find out how to get more information and enroll. As a private school, you can enroll at any time um, or you can come in at the semester. But you don't have to be in those states to be a part of this, correct? No, Faith Prep can take anyone from around the U.S. or most countries around the world. I yeah, love it. All right. Is there anything that I missed that you people need to know? I appreciate it. This is great information, by the way. No, Randy, I appreciate you having me on the show. And, and we're just excited to be part of the growing movement. We know that 
a full-time online program may not be the right fit for everybody, but um, we think that working together that um, there's, there's a growing cooperative effort and movement um, to make education um, more personalized, more price focused, and really to help raise up leaders for the next generation who are gonna um, kind of keep our values where they need to be and, and the values upon which our country was founded and, and upon which our faith is developed to, to do great things, not just for our country, but for countries around the world. Well, and again, you're very gracious and nice. I would say save your children from public schools, people. <laughs> <laughs> we can do this. Uh, check out faithprep.com. If you know somebody that might be interested, share the website, share this discussion. It will help them, uh, and we can do it. We can, uh, we can raise our kids right, and we can raise them smart. We'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live. Thank you.